0: Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where our goal is helping others delight in Christ for the sake of becoming more like Christ with the hope of multiplying disciples of Christ. Welcome back to another Abide Podcast, friends. This is the second to last episode of the spring season, and I'm a little bummed because it's almost done. But at the same time, We have had such great conversations this season, and we've learned so much, and today is no different. We are going to be wrapping up our discussion on disciple-making. And so the last piece of the puzzle that we need to put together is the commissioning piece. What does it look like to mobilize and send someone out to be a disciple-maker in their own context and to live on mission in their everyday life? And what better person to have for this discussion than the mobilization director at Campus Outreach in Houston. So it is my great honor to welcome Bobby Land to the Abide podcast. Yeah,
1: thanks. So like Laura said, my name is Bobby Land and um, I'm married to Amy who works for a coastal community church here in Galveston. And I work with a ministry called Campus Outreach. Um, And our DNA is all about evangelism and discipleship. Our our mission statement sums it up like this: uh, that we want to glorify God by building laborers on the campus for the lost world. Um, and so, a major focus of my job as our mobilization director focuses on that last part of for the lost world, and um, essentially preparing students who have come through our ministry to launch out from the campus and into whatever God is is calling to them or calling them to next.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, And it goes really well with the topic today. So um, before we get started, i got to ask you the most important question. So what is your favorite smell?
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a good one. Um, So I'd say a a generic smell that that may be my favorite would be uh, fresh cut grass. Classic. Um, Yeah, I think even thinking about it, just a ton of visuals come to mind of just freshness. And it's weird, but it kind of feels life-giving. Yeah. Um, But then I think maybe a a second choice or maybe a more bougie choice would be something like an anthropology (laughs) candle. Uh, So the volcano scent. Um, We always have a few of those at the house.
0: I love how you describe that as bougie. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those are great scents, I got to say. Fresh cut grass is is a common one I have heard. Oh. Yeah. So let's go ahead, dive into our conversation. So we've been talking about disciple making this semester, and we have defined disciple making as the process of intentionally engaging with another person to lead them towards repentance and faith in Christ and equip them for the multiplication of the kingdom. Last week... We had a really awesome conversation with Sarah from Redeemer Church in Lubbock. She's the discipleship director there. And we just talked about what it looks like to help people grow spiritually, um, to help them mature, become more outward focused, um, and start to take steps towards serving. And I think that leads us really, really great into this conversation of commissioning. Um, Because when you take someone who is a non-believer and they step over the line of faith and they start to figure out what this walk with Jesus looks like. They start to mature in their faith. They start to be able to read the Bible for themselves, get into community and have accountability. Um, The next thing that we want them to do is take the initiative in their faith to step out, to start discipling someone else. And so that's what we're going to talk about um, is how do we commission people out to go and make other disciples and so my first question for you bobby is why is commissioning disciples so mobilizing and sending them out into the real world why is that so vital for disciple making
1: yeah i think um you know thinking about this question i think the simple answer is that we're called to it Mm -hmm. um i really believe that it's an act of obedience and love um and we can get into the scripture behind that a little bit later, but mm. I don't I don't want to jump ahead too much. But I think some practical reasons why commissioning is a vital step in disciple making is that it's good for the community around you to see and be an example of, um, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about some, road blo- some roadblocks to disi- making disciples later, but mm. I think people need to see others, um, especially others that look like them and um, come from the same place as them to be mm-hmm. commissioned out, I think. Um, that's a huge part of uh, commissioning and and sending folks Mm. Um, and then another reason is I think it now places the burden of responsibility on you and the next generation Mm. Um, it's no longer someone else's issue or cause that that you support um, or that you've kind of seen um, others before you take place but it's actually now yours Mm. Um, and so you can uh, in that Commissioning and sending out you have that sense of responsibility now
0: yeah I think it's important to realize that um, disciple making isn't just for people who work on a church staff or work on some sort of ministry staff it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's a command given to every Christian in any spiritual walk like any level that you're at spiritually it's for you I really like how you said that it's kind of um, it's a step of obedience I think it's vital for the growth of the church but it's also vital for the spiritual growth and obedience of the individual believer.
1: Yeah, that's great.
0: So what does the Bible teach about commissioning disciples?
1: Yeah, so coming from a campus outreach background, uh, immediately the the first passage that comes to mind for me is uh, out of Matthew 9. I think it's a a staple for us. Um, And just says that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm -hmm. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Um and I think that passage just shows us the need for commissioning and the need for disciple making that um, man there are few laborers um and, and the harvest like this passage says is is plentiful that it's it's all around us um and so I think we we really see a need for commissioning through that passage mm. um, yeah and, and then I think about the passage in luke 10 where where jesus is is sending out the seventy two and I think in that, that passage, we learn from the experience of these disciples that it can be hard out there in, in light of disciple-making, and that mm-hmm. it takes work, and it takes faith, um, and that it's not for the faint of heart, um, and, and that we really have to be committed to Christ. I think uh, that's something else that the Bible teaches us about commissioning disciples is that uh, we really have to be committed to Christ um, to, to fulfill that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the the third uh, thing that, or the third kind of passage that comes to mind is from Ephesians, um, and and I think just the idea that ministry happens where we live, work, and play. Mm. Um, that like you were just saying, that it's not just for the church staff or for the uh, varsity Christian in a sense, but it's mm. it's for all of us. It's um, an act of obedience and and a call, and so. Ephesians five sixteen sums it up to say that uh, we're to make the most of every opportunity mm-hmm. and I think um, most of those opportunities come you know in the areas of where we live work and play.
0: Yeah I really like that you pointed out that it's not for the faint of heart <laughs> um, because I think it's so true you know we as Christians we live in the world but we're not among the world mm. any longer um, and we are trying to reach a world that is spiritually dead. And obviously the, the weight of salvation doesn't rest on our shoulders. It's through the spirit and the spirit only. Um, but it's difficult to not get sucked into their way of life again and things like that. Still staying separate from them, but also loving them well, um, is, is hard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so true.
0: Um, When you look at scripture holistically, Genesis to Revelation, what you'll find is you'll find a God who sends. It's part of, of who God is. You know, God sent Abraham to be a blessing to the nations. He sent Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He sent the prophets to call out Israel's sin. He sent his son to die on a cross and to set up his eternal kingdom on earth, which is the church. He sent his spirit to be the power of his church, and now he's sending his church through the power of his spirit to be the ambassadors of Christ, to be salt and light, and to be disciple makers. And so all throughout the Bible, you can see this concept of sending, and we use the word commissioning, but really it's sending. Um, And I think for me, when I look at the life of Jesus, I see this really, really clearly in John 20, verse 21, um, he has appeared to his disciples after his resurrection, and he says, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Um, now, he said this to the to the people who were going to be the apostles, right? But that wasn't just a command to the apostles only. If Jesus was sent to only send the apostles, the church would have stopped with them. That is a command to the whole church. And so Jesus being the sent one is sending out his church to go and get more people for the church and to send them out. To think about it this way, you know, when you have said yes to following Jesus, you now stand before God just as Isaiah did saying, here I am, Lord, send me. So I think this concept of sending people out to where they live, work, and play, as well as sending them out to the nations, is so intrinsically intertwined with the gospel. And so that's where sending comes into play. So turning it more personally, uh, how have you been commissioned to make disciples in your own life? And what has that looked like so far?
1: Yeah, This was a great opportunity for me to kind of look back and see what God has done in my life since coming to Christ and, and what He has used to grow me and and impact others. Um, So so in college, I I came to Christ my junior year. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I had no uh, Christian friends or no even reference to the Christian world growing up. And so coming to Christ my junior year, um, I was almost immediately called upon to act on this newfound faith Mm -hmm. um, and to share my story with others, whether that's... um, guys in my dorm room or um friends in our our community that were also investigating christ Mm -hmm. um and then even thinking about my my hobbies or my spare time so like my intramural teams or um different things like that i was i was really called upon to to act on that newfound faith and to share my story with with others Mm -hmm. um and then as i was graduating uh i was called to ask what God had wanted to do with my first few years out of college. I think mm-hmm. that was something that was um, really imparted to us by uh, the staff of the ministry that I was a part of and, um, and kind of a, a culture that they wanted to build was to think intentionally about our first few years out of college. And for me, I, I ended up serving overseas with a Christian organization teaching English with um, like nine or ten other recent graduates um, that's and awesome. so we were literally sent out right yeah. to a, to a part of the world that, uh, we had no idea about, or maybe even, you know, six months or a year ago, hadn't even thought of yeah. going to.
0: Where were you sent? Are we you- went
1: to, we, no, we lived in China.
0: In China. I was mm-hmm. going to say, are you able to tell yeah. us? <laughs> yeah. That's a good <laughs> question. Yeah. Uh,
1: maybe, maybe not today. I wouldn't be able to, but, but back then we could, we could tell you guys. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was a cool experience. It was something that, um, I don't know if I was necessarily expecting but uh yeah. But I think God really used that time. Mm. Um and so then as I as I've grown and um gotten plugged into to local churches and small groups, I've been able to help younger believers grow in their faith and mm-hmm. um to see them share with their neighbors or their coworkers kind of their story of coming to faith and um so I've been able to be on the, the side of um, commissioning and, and mm. Um, helping others grow in their faith. And now as our mobilization director, I get to see the direct impact of, of what it means to be commissioned um, with our graduating seniors and, yeah. and our alumni and seeing them impact the communities around them and, and things like that.
0: Yeah. I think it's one of the most rewarding things to be able to see someone that you have personally discipled go out and disciple someone else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the coolest thing about getting to commission someone is – you get to see the fruit of your labor, but also now you get to see how he, the Lord's working in their life and someone else's life. It's yeah, so cool. It's super cool. So in your ministry at Campus Outreach, um, how do you, how do y'all commission students to be disciple makers once they leave your ministry?
1: Yeah, we really make evangelism a priority as, mm-hmm. as part of um, engaging the lost and in part of our dis- discipleship um, as their students. And so we really want the tools and the resources that we use in disciple making to have that sense of intentionality that, that we talked about in the definition of disciple making, um, that sense of intentionality in relationship building that, um, I think really helps set up students, um, make a life of sharing their faith and make a life of, of disciple making. And Mm so, um, we also really encourage our students, to engage in their local church mm-hmm. and seeking out mentors in their you know, potential fields um, that are also making disciples. So older folks in the faith that um, maybe we know through church connections or through other networks that are in the same fields as these students are wanting to go into and, mm-hmm. and can be mentors and can be um, these heroes of the faith that, that people look to. And so that's a big part of our mobilization strategy is mm-hmm. um, getting our recent graduates plugged into local churches. You yeah. know, we we realize that um, we can't walk with them forever right. and uh, that community is important, maybe mm-hmm. even more important than uh, where you work yeah. um, and things like that, especially fresh out of college. And so we really have an emphasis on mm-hmm. getting plugged into the local church. Um, mm. And then really helping our juniors and seniors think through how to contextualize their college experience, um, into the transition of what God has for them next. And so we really believe that the things that they learn on the college campus and the way that they share their faith, the way that they build community, the way that they engage others intentionally doesn't just apply to their four years, um, on the college campus, but Mm. that they're tools that they can use, um, for the rest of their life in, in light of making disciples and yeah encouraging people in their faith.
0: Yeah. I love that. Take what you're learning now so that you can use it for an entire lifetime. Yeah. So a follow-up question to that would be in your experience, um, when are people ready to be commissioned?
1: Yeah. I think just like my story that I, that I shared, uh, you know, most people are ready as they're taking their, their first steps in their, in their new faith, you know, simple things like sharing their story and inviting, Mm -hmm others to investigate Christ um, that that's a part of being commissioned out and and those simple things are, are things that can take place you know almost immediately after um, you come to new your new faith and so um, you know I think following up and, and training and, and walking alongside new believers is, critical uh to them becoming effective disciple makers mm. so i think some more in-depth things need to happen for them to be commissioned out on their own kind mm-hmm. of with the the confidence of christ yeah um but overall i think w- when you come to christ and and you have the spirit inside of you uh you're ready to be sent out you yeah. know and the context may look different from season to season but um i think you're you're ready
0: yeah definitely it's like a, someone told me, you know, if you if you know enough to place your faith in Christ and you know enough to tell someone about it, going and sharing your testimony with someone is doing just that. But I think it's also, you know, if if you have only read one book of the Bible, if you've only read Matthew, then go and lead someone through Matthew. You know, you know enough to then take someone who's never read the Bible before and read through Matthew with them. Sometimes we tend to think we need to know a lot more than we have to. Um but we don't have to have all the answers. And matter of fact, we're never gonna have all the answers. So why wait? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) All right, so in your experience of, um, you know, in your job and also just in your personal life of doing this, um, what are some of the biggest roadblocks you have seen in commissioning disciples? Um, And then how can we overcome these challenges?
1: Yeah, I, I was thinking about this question, and um, I really love this motto that our pastor, Aaron Sanders, and, and mm-hmm. some others have used that originated um, with Home Depot, the idea that uh, you can do it and, and we can help. <laughs> you know, I, I bring that up to say that I think one roadblock that I think is present um, is the opposite of that phrase, that where many churches or, or organizations are giving the impression that we can build it, um, and, and you can help us.. Yeah. Um, but, and I really think that that firms up the myth that this idea of ministry and disciple making is for the professional or for the varsity Christian. and right. Everyone else can kind of just um, volunteer in, in some capacity or or they can kind of watch from the sidelines and be encouraged. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I really think that that uh, is one major roadblock that um, that we don't see, more people encouraging others to kind of yeah. get into the game right of of disciple making right i, I think there can also be um just a, a major fear of man and a fear of failure yeah um for sure. and the you know kind of um i don't know enough or or what if i share or or what if i share or what if i do uh the wrong thing or that it's not perfect mm-hmm. um or even the fear of, you know, what if this person hates me, or right. uh, this is one of my good friends, or this is a family member, and, and what if our relationship changes? Mm. Um, so I, I really think people need help seeing how simple and, and every day this idea of disciple making can be. Yeah, um, You know, it's this extraordinary thing that, that we're called to, um, yet it can be really simple, right? Oh, uh, yeah. The idea of engaging the people where we live, work and play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can really break it down to to being that simple. And so I think that's maybe one of the the biggest ways to overcome some of these roadblocks is to to simplify it and to to make it um it just seem everyday for people.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I was just having a conversation with two of the girls that I'm discipling right now and they were talking about how um it's scary to talk to people who don't know Jesus. It's really scary to do that. And like, that's something that every Christian goes through. That's something that a baby Christian like has fear about. And it's something that a very mature Christian has fear about. I think it's just, that's a human characteristic. I say that mainly to let you know you're not alone. If you're scared in this, it's something that we all go through. (laughs) I also think that another roadblock is just the busyness of life um, and people not prioritizing the the gospel's advancement and they're not prioritizing other people's salvation. They're not prioritizing um, the Great Commission. And when it comes down to it, we can get so busy and caught up with what we have to do, our routines, our work, our family, which is great. Like all those things are really great. And you should care about your job. You should care about your family but you should also care about the lost in the world and you should care about building up the next generation of believers, um, to go out and to reach people and to disciple them in the church so that they can go out and reach more people. Um, I think that it's not until we have made this a priority in our own lives that it's going to seep into other aspects of, um, other people's lives. Um, and so I think that, you know, just a direct challenge to, our students who I know listen to this podcast, you know, who are the people in your life that you can start to intentionally engage in and prioritize um, so that you can make a spiritual difference in their life and help them grow so that they can then turn around and do the same thing with another person. It's not a complicated thing. I think we make it out to be a complicated thing. And granted, like, you know, we have now seven episodes where all we've been talking about is, how to make disciples, and it can seem complicated, but every single episode kind of boils down to the same thing. It's really simple. It's you are living intentionally to love the people around mm-hmm. you and tell them about Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, I had someone tell me once, you know, how how much do you have to hate someone not to tell them about the best thing? Mm. You know, <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh, it's just st- stab me in the heart, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so this has been such a great conversation. I think we've covered a lot of bases. Um, but I just wanted to ask you, is there anything else that you would like to share about sending people out, commissioning them, um, or disciple making in general?
1: I I just have one thought as I was thinking about this and and, in our conversation, uh, it just really all starts with, with one, right? That Mm -hmm. intentionally engaging one person, Mm um, that we would need, kind of a whole nother episode on the idea of multiplication to, to dive into that. Yeah. Um, but just the idea that if you're faithful to one person who's then faithful to another, Mm. um, kind of the, the principle of second Timothy, um, that this disciple making thing can really explode. Mm Um, it's, it's not complicated. It's not for the professional, um, and that it takes place Wherever you're at, whether that's your front yard, your cubicle, mm. um, at the gym, or your kids' soccer game, wherever it is, yeah. um, that it just starts with engaging one person.
0: Right. You mentioned having a whole other podcast about multiplication. We have that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> a little shameless plug, but if you want to learn more about why multiplication is so important for disciple making, then go listen to the fourth episode of last season and Chris and I really go into that. So, um, yeah, that's a great last thought to end on. Um, well, Bobby, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your experience, sharing your thoughts and your passion, um, with us. So it's been a really great conversation.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me, Laura. Of
0: course. What a fun conversation with Bobby about how we can commission our people out when they're ready and what that looks like. And his story went really perfect with that topic. Well, next week, we are wrapping up the spring season of the Abide Podcast Season 2. And I'm really excited about next week's conversation because we are going to have someone who doesn't work in ministry, but has leveraged her life for the sake of the gospel and for making disciples. So we're going to be talking with Crystal St. Gregory. She has an amazing story, powerful testimony, and what she's done with her life since then has just been So encouraging and inspiring as well about how we can make disciples in our everyday lives. So make sure to tune in next week to that conversation. You're not going to want to miss her story. Um, I think it's going to be really inspirational for everyone who listens. So you'll have a great day and we will see you next week.